Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today we're going to talk some USC and NFL draft with the coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. So, for USC players drafted, we're going to talk about that. If you have any questions for the show, email us podcast at uscfootball.com or leave us a voicemail. Call us at 641 715 3900, extension 816646, or go to our website. Peristylepodcast.com. You can leave a voicemail right on the left side of the page. Also, iTunes.com slash Podcast. Great way to subscribe to the show. Leave us positive feedback. We always appreciate it. And uh want to bring in the coach. We're going to talk some NFL draft stuff with all the USC players that were drafted and signed. What is up, coach? How are you? Brian, it's great, buddy. Well, right now we have a little bit of a... Uh not an off season, but a little bit of a rest, uh, all the recruiting that's been going on, spring practice, the NFL draft. And of course you never stop recruiting. You recruit year round, you know? And, uh, so, uh, recruiting continues and, uh, we continue to do the podcast for all of our listeners out there. And I want to thank them for listening and, uh, we'll take your questions anytime we can and have some fun with them. So again, uh, why don't we get started? Yeah, well, we definitely, um, Love taking your questions. And today, you know, a little different today because we're going to talk everything that happened in the NFL draft. I wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, before we get rolling, sctickets.com, 1-800-888-7287. If you need tickets for anything in Southern California or across the country, you can go to sctickets.com and they'll hook you up. And, um, you know, if you want to go to a baseball game, I recommend it. I try to go, Coach, a couple times a year. Ended up going to a game over this weekend, the Dodgers uh, playing the Padres. and very unique. It was a two-hour and five-minute baseball game. Clayton Kershaw pitched a gem, uh, three-hit shutout, and it's a very different story. I mean, I love baseball. That's what I grew up playing and everything, but when you go to a game, it only takes two hours and five minutes. I mean, I was home, you know, a couple hours, two, three hours before my wife expected me. Uh, it was it was pretty nice. Uh, I wish they could have baseball move that fast all the time. It'd be fun. I know your wife said to you, where have you been all those other games when you come in at, <laughs> when it's three or four hours? Where are you hanging out, Ryan? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was cool, though. I mean, I guess you kind of run out of time to get, oh, I wanted to get another Dodger dog, but, like, the game's over. So, um, but it was fun. Get to talk some sports and, and watch some baseball. And uh, I like doing that during our little little bit of downtime, like you said. But the big news, obviously, over the weekend uh, was the NFL draft. And it was, uh, I guess it was pretty good for USC. Four players drafted. Um, thought there'd be a couple more. No one in the first round. And uh, if you, you know, USC was tweeting out some stats. And it's there's a lot of different kind of stats out there. And some people are disputing one or the other. But according to USC, what they tweeted out, uh, the all-time number of first-round picks um, by any school USC still has the most at 79 first round picks, Ohio state 76, uh, the all time draft picks by any school. USC still has the most 496 over Notre Dame at number two with 493. 
and all-time number one overall picks by any school, USC, Notre Dame, and Auburn, each have five. And uh, it's funny, USC and Michigan are the only schools with an NFL draftee every year since 1939. So um, even though what you know, no first-rounders, only four guys picked in this last draft, USC still up there all in the all-time numbers, Coach. Well, I agree. They do. They've had great tradition at USC. That's what we talk about, the tradition at USC. Um, but, uh, you know, not having a number one draft choice. So what is it? So the first time since 2002, you didn't have a player selected in the first 50. Um, that uh, shows you the sanctioned years, I think, with the number of players that you normally have. You had half as many or just about, you know, half as many, and you didn't have as many out there for the draft. I think next year should be a banner year. I at least uh, expect that after having the number one recruiting class in the country. But you know, it's a it's it's a hit and miss type of thing. You don't know what's going to happen the way the NFL scouts and owners and coaches evaluate your players. And uh, it's it's it it you've got to have players up there in the draft. You know, when I watch the NFL draft and I watch just about all of it, and Ryan, you probably did too. I mean, to see uh, Brian Kelly at back in Chicago to see Urban Meyer on TV analyzing the draft and all of the draft choices. He had 10 players or two of the three, two of the first three players from Ohio state. And you see David Shaw being on the NFL network, narrating uh, uh, the draft and uh, working on TV. And you see all these coaches back there that you'd like to see Clay Helton back there, because this is the things that kids watch. And this is their dream as far as playing in the NFL, you've got to have players out there because you, when you go into a home and you recruit, it's very easy to say, you know how many players we, we put into the NFL this year and this and that, and not only did they get their degree, but they also had their dream come true, as all the parents had when they were talking uh, to the uh, interviewer as far as this is what we've always dreamed from. This is what he's always wanted to be since he was a little kid. He wanted to be an NFL football player. And I don't know how many people out there watch the draft, but I like to watch the draft. It's very interesting because they show highlights of all the players. And a lot of these players I haven't seen before play because they're on different levels than what we watch. But I think all of that is marketing towards your program. All of that is positive things that happen that people just see Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, Alabama. Nick Saban was there too, and they interviewed him. So it just, this is the, the, the world you live in, and this is the world you're trying to get in. USC's always been there, and I'm glad they did uh, uh, send out that release indicating the number of players that USC has had. You have to do things like that to let people know, yes, we are still a, the number one team in the country as far as number of players that have been drafted, but you also have to appear to be there, too. and You have to be a part of the mix of the top let's say, 10 teams in the country every year if you're going to play for a national championship. So it's very important that you're able to talk about the development of your players and how they came to USC and how you develop Braxton Miller and these Jones and these guys to go to the NFL. So I think it's very important that you try to be very visual. And I hope that next year Clay Helton will be back. I don't know where it's going to be next year. Yeah, maybe you know, Ryan, but Wherever that city is, I hope he's there with his players and getting the exposure that you should get from the NFL draft. All right, Coach. Well, let's jump in and talk about the uh, four different guys that were drafted. We'll just take them 
uh, one at a time. And we'll go with uh, Sua Craven. So the you know outside linebacker slash safety from USC. A lot of people felt going to be a first rounder at, at least at some point that I've heard other people say he's going to go in the third round. It kind of was moving all over the place. It's all the, the mock drafts There were, you know, he, he certainly, you know, his position moved a lot of it being like, well, if he was going to be a safety full time, he's kind of a tweener. It could have been different things. So, but he ends up going uh, in the second round. Uh, Sua Cravens end up going to the second round to the Washington Redskins. Um, kind of get your thoughts on where Sua Cravens went, Coach, and um, you know if you think it'd be a good fit for him. Well, I'm happy for him. I think the kid uh, had a good uh, draft in the second round, going to the Washington Redskins. I'm happy for him. What position he plays, I don't know what they're going to project him as. He's a little light for a linebacker. Uh, he's a little too slow. I'm not going to say slow, but got to be swift to play in the secondary with the guys you're playing against. But they got a plan for him, obviously, to take somebody in the second round because he's a playmaker on defense. He's all over the field. Uh, they got to find a spot for him. Take a player in the second round. You got to think that player is going to start for it or play for it. You don't waste the draft choice in the second round. So uh, I'm happy for him. On the podcast, we've talked about Sewer before. If you remember, I said I didn't think he should come out. I thought he'd go in the third or fourth round. He went in the second round. I'm very happy for him. And to be taken in the second round, they're thinking of special teams for him. They're thinking about uh, certain defensive alignments for him. He's going to play and he's going to make the team. Because if you don't make the team and you're a second rounder, it's not you that looks bad. It's your general manager and your owner who looks bad. So Sue is going to make the Washington Redskins. I would say that now, and I know he hadn't played it down for them. And, uh, you know, you talked about the leaving early thing. And he was a, you know, certainly he was a junior. He could have. Stayed for a senior year, um, you know, go in the second round. I, I don't think it's a terrible decision, obviously. It doesn't think you have to be in the first round if you're a junior that leaves early. I mean, there's juniors that leave early that don't even get drafted. So he, he's, he did better than most, I would say. But Tark actually wrote in, um, kind of, you know, basically about this subject. What's your criteria as a coach, uh, Harvey Hyde, for players declaring early? So what would you tell a, a player hey, here's the reasons why you should declare early or not. Well, I think you have certain players that are just superstars, just superstars and they're franchise players like Jared Goff and some of these players. And For you to be unfair and to tell them why you shouldn't investigate or find out where you're going to be drafted and what round, uh, you're not really fair to that kid because there's always that chance of being injured. Now, I know these kids today have injury uh, insurance and all of the above, but it's a dream of a kid to go in the first round or second round. And if a kid's a first round player, it's very hard for you to sit down with their parents and tell them and the kid, Hey, I think that you should stay another year. I think that's being very, uh, uh, what do you want to say for yourself? Uh, not realistic. And uh, I think you've got to give that young man an opportunity to go early. If he has the ability to go early. Now in the old days, players didn't have that opportunity to go early. So they stayed four years. Uh, but if they have that and they're a franchise type of player and they're number one draft choice, how can you tell them not to do it? Because you don't want to be there and be responsible for that kid. If he's injured, what do you say? Uh, you, you really have to live with yourself. So uh, I, I would think that if a kid is a franchise player, then I would encourage him to say, hey, check it out. I'm not going to tell him to go, but I'm going to say, 
you should check it out because it looked very good for you from what I've heard from the scouts and the type of football player you've been for us. Now, others, I would uh, sit down and say, you know, I don't think you're really ready. I think you're say like Banner, the big tackle. I think you should stay, and others have stayed. And I'd be realistic with them and telling them you need another year to develop. I might have told Sue or Craven to stay, but it worked out for him going in the second round because he needed to find a position he could play. I always said he, he's got to find a position where he can be successful and go, but Washington has found a position for him, and special teams is a big part of that because they took him in the second round. So he did the right thing as far as he's concerned. And, again, we don't know the financial situations of these kids and, and what they need to do and uh, to get out there and, and, and make money for themselves and their family. So it's hard for me to judge that not knowing the kid personally. All right. Um, so that's Sue Cravens, you know, the, the everyone thought would be the first pick, play, uh, first player from USC picked. Uh, of course, the first day of the draft was the, only the first round. That was Thursday. No USC players then. And then uh, the second and third rounds were on Friday, and three USC players ended up going. So the first was Sue Cravens, like we mentioned. Then a pair of third rounders. So we'll go with uh, Max Turek first. Most people thought he would be the next USC player uh, selected. Um, he ends up going down just down the freeway. He's, you know, he's from Orange County, maybe an hour away to the San Diego Chargers. And, uh, you know, Max obviously was hurt uh, most of, you know, this last season. Um, but, you know, played. It was very versatile. And I think that's something on the offensive line coach. It seems to be more of a trend. In the NFL, versatility, if you have a player that – it's not like you can keep 12 offensive linemen. I think most teams have seven or eight. Um, so a couple guys get hurt. you got people playing different positions. He's played them all. Um, you know, kind of a little bit unorthodox as, as far as the snapping goes. And, you know, he's got those long arms. Um, but, you know, some people felt he was the best center in the country. I think a lot of people ranked him as the top two or three centers in the draft. What are your thoughts on Max Turek, Coach, going to the San Diego Chargers? Well, I think San Diego had a great draft. Uh, the first three players, especially Joey Baza, uh, Hunter Henry, like you already hear, hear me talk about tight ends. You got to have a tight end, and they got a great tight end there, and Max Turk went there uh, in the third round. So obviously they have a place for him. He sort of a, can be a utility type of player, and you look for that in the NFL. He's played tackle. He's probably played guard. He's a little tall for guard, but he's been a center, and you mentioned it. He's got to get his snapping back. That's got to go back straight and fast especially in the NFL, you're not going to play. You can't have quarterbacks worried about the stamp. you got to get the ball right there because of timing and everything else. And I think they're a little bit concerned, too, about his knee and how well it is. But obviously they wouldn't have taken him in the third round unless they thought he could play. I think Max is a great kid. I think Max will make the San Diego Chargers. And uh, the other two centers in the country that I thought were as good or better than Max, and they went before Max, is Kelly. And also the kid uh, Martin from, I think he's from Notre Dame. He's a hell of a player. So, uh, you know, he went high for a center, but he's going to go as a utility player, as you mentioned. He's played tackle. He can play tackle. If someone goes down, he'll be able to go in there and, and be a guy that will help the Chargers. And uh, somewhere down the road, I'll talk to Mike McCoy and just see how he's doing, and I'll report it on the podcast. But I think San Diego had three great first uh, – picks and then I get of course getting the linebacker from Ohio State that doesn't hurt in the fourth round for the Chargers so I thought the Chargers had a good draft yeah and it'll be interesting to see where Max Turek uh, fits in there um we'll check it yeah it'd be great if you could check with Mike McCoy and see what his thought process was on that um okay so here's the the 
to kind of the wild card one, Coach. And third round, you know, people thought USC might get another third round pick. Didn't really think it would be Cody Kessler, uh, the quarterback. So Cleveland trades up a little uh, to get Cody Kessler. So former USC offensive coordinator, Hugh Jackson, obviously the coach there. Uh, RG3, you know, Robert Griffin III is there. Johnny Manziel no longer there. Um, they didn't, you know, they Cleveland traded down, had an opportunity to get one of the top quarterbacks, at least what the experts predicted would have been the top quarterbacks uh, in this draft. Um, they traded down, I think it was eight. And then I, I thought they might go after Paxton Lynch, you know, traded down again and uh, did not. And they waited um, until the third round and they end up picking uh, Cody Kessler. And most of the draft people I talked to didn't think Cody Kessler would go uh, this early in the draft. But if you're looking from Cody Kessler's point of view, it seems like a pretty good situation to get drafted that early, go into a team that doesn't really have an established quarterback. I mean, it's, I, there, I mean, he's got a decent chance of at least starting a few games this year for Cleveland, I would think, barring any other kind of big moves. Uh, I don't know. Were you shocked a little bit by a coach? And what are your overall thoughts on Cody Kessler going to the Browns? I was shocked. I'm just being honest with you. Not that the kid can't play. I'm happy for the kid. I know his parents and so on. I, I'm really happy for the kid, but it sort of really surprised me because his ratings on the NFL uh, ratings as far as quarterbacks, uh, you probably saw the same thing. Um, one he was rated, I think, 12th best quarterback in the country, and another one the 15th best quarterback in the country. But Cleveland takes a quarterback every year, okay? And and now with the head coach, uh, Hugh Jackson there, Hugh knows what he wants to do. There's sort of different types of players, Griffin and, and Cody, as far as Griffin having great mobility and he's an athlete and can run around. And I think you got to let him play that way myself because Randall Cunningham ran around and played great and Griffin ran around and played great. And when you put them both in the pocket, it made him stay in the pocket. They both got knees. Yeah, so, you know, you got to let a kid, you draft a kid for a reason. So why try to change him? And so, Obviously, they have they have a plan for Cody Kessler. I haven't had a chance to to talk one of the coaches at Cleveland, but I will. I almost texted him uh, then when he was drafted, but I, I didn't want to interrupt them. They got 14 draft picks, so you know if you look at that and you say, "Oh, well, if only half of those players turn out to be great players," they had a good draft. Yeah, and they traded down continually to get numbers, 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 and they did so. We'll see what happens. Uh, Cody uh, will have a great shot. I'm telling you, when you take a quarterback in the third round, he, he I'm not going to say he always does, but he normally makes the team somewhere. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen with Cody. I'm very happy for him. I, I bet he even said wow himself when he heard the phone ring. So uh, it's great. Congratulations to him. He's a good kid, and played hard, and always liked him. And I always, always used to say at USC, what would they have been like without him? Yeah, great kid. His family's awesome. We love talking to them at practice and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, follow them since, you know, he was a junior in high school, I think, at Baker, you know, up in Bakersfield. Um, yeah, watching the draft, it was interesting to see what Cleveland was doing. I normally, I like when teams move down and get more picks. I usually think that works out pretty well. I thought it was going to work out that they could get, you know, figure a way and get Paxton Lynch. And he, you know, he ended up dropping a little further than I thought. But then there was a scramble for him. He's just such a big, you know, the kid out of Memphis, um, you know, six foot seven, huge hands, like, you know, strong arm. He's got, you know, kind of a raw kid, but man, just, he looks like the dude that can um, just, you know, he can sling it all over the place. And I saw once, once Denver traded up, I'm like, okay, they're going to end up picking him up. And they, you know, they did. 
But one of the things I thought would work for Cleveland coach, and I was talking to a friend of this uh, about this over the weekend, is it's different when you have a cold weather city um, and, you know, Cleveland, you're playing, you know, Baltimore and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. There's a, a lot of those late games. I think you it's it behooves you to have a really strong arm quarterback in those kind of environments, at least that, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about. And a guy like Paxton Lynch would work out well. Cody Kessler wasn't really known for having this strong arm. And I think that could be one of the, you know, if there's a, you know, obviously if he gets up starting games, it's, you know, it can work out great for him. But when you're talking from Cleveland's point of view, will it work out as well when you have this, this cold climate and a, and a kid that doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, um, at least right now, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? If you know, in your quarterback evaluations over the years, I, I thought that was an interesting point that my friend brought up. Yeah, I know who your friend is. When you said that, I won't say his name either, but <laughs> okay, but he tweeted that out, I think. But uh, it's a very interesting point. It it really is, and uh, I think it's a. Yeah, I would be very concerned with that. I really would be. Was it's a windy city, cold city, snows a lot, rains a lot. And uh, you got to be able to be have a, a powerful arm to throw through a lot of these gales and things that happen in, in the Midwest. But um, you know what? Did, what did uh, Hugh Jackson say? Trust me on this one. Trust me on this one. So, and that's what he's having to justify to the press back in Cleveland. It's not like the press has said why. Well, well, this is a great point. They're they're questioning him on that. Yeah. And I and I agree with you too on Paxton Lynch. I think he's a great player. One. One time during the season when I was watching him play, I thought he was the best quarterback in America. Big, strong, throw the ball out, out routes, throws all over the place. Gosh, he's 6'7", 245, 50 pounds. I mean, he's he's got it all. But uh, when Denver moved up, I, I thought Denver had a great draft, just a great, great draft as far as Devontae Booker. You, we've, we've watched him. If you're a Pac-12 fan, you watched Devontae Booker, Booker, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not saying he's the best back in college football last year, but he sure is in the top five, I'm going to tell you. And they got him, too, so I thought Denver had a great draft. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, uh, it's funny, so for USC fans, Mark Sanchez looked like he was going to be the starting quarterback in Denver, so you take over for a Super Bowl champion. I mean, it's certainly a great situation. Now he'll compete with Paxton Lynch. Um, he said he's a rock. I could see you know, Paxton not starting right away. And depending how Sanchez does, you know, maybe they get him in the mix or whatever. But he looks the part. And you, you see some of the guys that have been really successful, those big dudes. I mean, like guys like Cam Newton and Ben Roth. I mean, they're just these huge figures. I mean, they're just massive men. And Paxton Lynch has got that that frame. And I, I think a lot of people look at it. It doesn't mean he's going to be a success, but you've seen that work. And I think, you know, GMC that, like, I think this could work for us. So. He's raw. I think there's a lot of talent there. He's he's the one I want to watch the most and kind of see, uh, you know, how it works out. Of course, Carson Wentz, that'll be interesting. Um, you know, Jared Goff, that'll be interesting. We'll see that locally here with the L.A. Rams. Um, but the this, uh, there's just something about Paxton Lynch that I was, you know, I, I watched him too. I'm like, man, this kid is good. Will it translate to the NFL? It's just something we're going to have to wait and see. We'll have to see, but he certainly has the potential to be a great player. And, uh, I just, like I mentioned, Denver had a great draft, and I'm really happy for Cody Kessler. I'm glad he had the opportunity. And again, as I say, when a team drafts someone in the second and third rounds, if this kid doesn't make the team, 
then who does it come back on? Your personnel department, your head football coach, everybody who thought that he was a player that you wanted to draft in the third round. So they'll give him every bit of a doubt to make that team because they want him to make that team. Otherwise, people say, see, we told you. So, Cody, go in there and take over and take turns because no one has a job for sure. And uh, just go in and, you know, make it happen. That's the best way to say. All right. Uh, the last NFL draft pick for USC was in the sixth round. So this ended up being on Saturday. Uh, he was a 218th overall pick. Kevon Seymour uh, going to the Buffalo Bills. So he'll join uh, Nikel Roby uh, there. And it was the first time that USC had a cornerback drafted since 2011 when Sharice uh, Wright got drafted. I think it was by the Chargers. Um, so it's, I think he's one of the guys coach that was helping himself at the combine and, you know, whatever at the pro day, but just, you know, he ran like a four, four forty. um, didn't, I, I still think he had a lot of opportunities in college, just a scheme they run. It wasn't like he was in this lockdown mode. Um, so I, I don't think his film is going to be all that great, but I think a lot of teams would see that potential little surprised. He slipped, uh, to the sixth round, but I think it's a pretty good fit. Buffalo is a really talented team. Um, you know, we'll see how he fits in with that that defense there. But what do you what do you think about Kevon Seymour going to the Bills? I think it's a great pick. I'll tell you, they got a steal in Kevon uh, Seymour in the sixth round. I agree with you on all of the above as far as him never playing regularly and you know going in and out and never getting a feel and uh, being able to play and never got I think the rape that was necessary for him on how good of a football player he was great kid not not only that he competes and i saw players go before him that i saw the highlights on and watch that i didn't think that had the te- uh, talent that kevon had so i i really believe that uh kevon's in a good position there at buffalo and uh i'm not telling you he's going to make the team but he certainly could be a part of the practice squad and he could have an opportunity down the line to, to play in the nfl and all he wants is the opportunity and to be drafted, it's great. That means somebody thinks a lot of you. So I'm glad he got drafted. I, I think uh, if he can stay sound, uh, I use that term because he's had some injuries, if he can stay sound and participate, and remember it's going to be a very physical type of game, but you know he's going to have to play a lot of man defense and come up and tackle some big guys. So uh, I think that's the future of Kevon, and, and I hope he makes it. He's a local kid from Pasadena. John Muir High School, and I, I want to see the best for him, too. I really do. Now, sometimes people think, well, it's best not to be drafted in the, the later rounds. Well, I think that used to be when there were 12 rounds. Now, because you, you now if you're not drafted and you're a free agent, you know, you can sort of pick a team to go to that really needs your position. Like Antoine Woods went to the Titans, Claude Pallone went to the Jets. And, and you know, if you look at these uh, Sumo Vanuku uh Sumo Vanuku went to Texas. Yeah. yeah, and I really think he'll make that team because he's a great special teams player. Trey Madden to the Seahawks, you know, Townsend. I don't think he'll be signed yet, but he's trying to get with the Raiders. I, I just think that if you if you don't get selected, uh, you know, when it used to be a longer line, it's better to search out and see where there's a need for you at that type of position where you have a chance. So, uh you know, I think those other kids, too, will have an opportunity. Will they make it? Who am I to say they got to perform? Yeah, for sure. Um, so that, so those are the four guys. We're going to talk about the free agents here, too. You mentioned a couple of them. Um, one interesting thing, Sua Cravens is going to wear Sean Taylor's uh, number 36, his rookie jersey, um, 
for the for the Redskins. So I think that's a nice honor there. Um, so good for him. And then as far as I thought a couple more players would end up getting drafted, uh, one of them being Antoine Woods. Um, he ends up signing with the Tennessee Titans, uh, going, you know, Jarrell Casey's down there. So I think that'll be, you know, they have a, an up and coming team. They got a bunch of picks, uh, from trading down with the Rams for Jared Goff. Uh, Delvon Simmons ends up going to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Claude Pilon, uh, went to the New York Jets. Um, so he'll, uh, join Leonard Williams over there. Uh, Greg Townsend Jr. I, I, you're right. I'm not sure if he signed. I thought he signed, but maybe not. But he's with the Oakland Raiders. So his dad played there. So that's kind of a neat little um, connection. Anthony uh, Sorio with the Indianapolis Colts also. And then some of Anuku. There were three uh, fullbacks drafted coach in the NFL draft. Some of Anuku wasn't one of them, but he ends up going to the Houston Texans. And, uh, you know, versatile kid. Well, you know, we can talk about him, too. And then Trey Madden, uh, Pete Carroll ends up picking him up with the Seattle Seahawks. So those are the guys that end up drafted. Thought I mean, uh, ended up signing, un, you know, uh, free agent deals, undrafted free agent deals. Thought a couple of them, you know, might get drafted. Um, obviously they did not, but you know they'll they'll have an opportunity to to make a team. So that that kind of wraps up the, at least the guys I know about that that end up signing after the draft. Probably when you look at this group and you say why weren't they drafted? Well, I think most of them had injury problems, except for Vanuku. I mean, Antoine Woods had the shoulder problems and had injury problems uh, during the time, so they want to make sure that he's back, ready to go, and he's going to have to get himself in great shape to play hard every down. Pallone had some injury problems. Simmons, uh, too, he's got to play hard every down. When he played hard, he got better this year. I thought he did. Trey Madden's had injury problems, and and uh, that these are things you have to look at uh, as far as being a personnel director and can a, a young man now play 16 football games and after that and preseason games and after that you hope get into the playoffs can he last is he worth the investment so sometimes you really don't draft a kid that's had a lot of history as far as injuries but there have been some that were drafted this year high uh, uh, that that had serious injuries because of the potential of what the return is so uh uh, you know, I, w- I hope all these guys have an opportunity and get out there and get it done. Hope they all get the degrees, though, man. You better work on your degrees because that's where the future is, is to get that degree, too, at the same time. But they're all required to go to mini camps and do these different things with him. You know, they sometimes forget about that degree, and they've got to get that done. So I just want to make sure everybody that uh, that if they're a player listening, hey, man, that something's going to last forever. Yeah, it certainly will. Um, and I, I think a lot of those guys have good opportunities to to make the team. Sometimes you get guys that are signing and you're like, yeah, that I'm not sure if that's really going to work, but all of them seem to have there's certain there's at least with every guy, it seems like there's one little connection or some, some reason for that player to be there um, with Vanuku. It, his name comes up a lot coach. And I think when we saw him at the pro day, uh, I don't know if you were out there for that, but the, he ended up doing linebacker drills. Uh, he did whatever he needed to do. Um, just trying to impress scouts. And it didn't, you know, it didn't work out as far as him getting drafted, but certainly signing with the Texans, I think there's an opportunity there. You mentioned versatility. We talked about it before. It really is so important in the NFL. If you have a, you have 53 roster spots. If you have someone that can do multiple things, um, there's a, there's opportunity for you there. And I think that's going to be 
the biggest feather in Vanuku's cap. Um, do you always need a full-time fullback or, you know, maybe not, but there's, he's a, a beast on special teams. He's just a heat seeking missile. He loves to go down there and hit people. Um, a lot of people thought he might move to linebacker because USC didn't really utilize the fullback position all that much. Right. I mean, it just, it just wasn't utilized all that much. Let him get some opportunities playing linebacker. They could use some guys that could wrap up and tackle, but he can kind of do all those things. And being able to do that coach, I think gives him a, a great opportunity to, you know, make a roster, not necessarily be a, a superstar in the NFL, but make a team and, and have a you know significant impact. I agree. If he was anything, he was too aggressive. He got a lot of penalties sometimes on being a little bit aggressive on special teams and because he's trying so hard and wants to win so hard that if he can control that and has the opportunity and you can't blame him as far as not being drafted as a fullback because he never got the experience of playing a lot of fullback and how to take on linebackers and do a lot of that. So uh, if they can work on that with him and he can take a role there too or be a backup, uh, uh, as a fullback, and as you mentioned, Ryan, he'll have a lot of opportunities in the NFL. Yeah, he definitely he definitely will. And I think I, he's just one of those guys I think is going to end up, um, you know, making a coach. The defensive lineman, uh, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see. Um, you know, Antoine Woods, I thought would get drafted. A lot of people thought he'd get drafted. He, he ends up falling out, signing with the Titans. You know, Simmons with the Colts. Uh Claude with the Jets and, and Townsend with the Raiders. Um, what do you think about about those four guys? Obviously, that you know played a lot of snaps for USC, and it's it's a lot of guys to replace on the defensive line. We talked about this spring losing all those seniors, um, and you know plus Cody Temple. It's uh, a lot of guys you end up losing off this defensive line, and four of them end up signing with NFL teams. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they all end up and, and how they do. Well, you know, like I mentioned, they got to stay healthy. They got to go to the, uh, to the NFL camp in shape, and uh, they got to be at the right place at the right time. They got to impress. They've got to be able to bring something to the NFL team that they're looking for. And uh, obviously, uh, they signed them because they thought they might be that type of quality player, and they're willing to give them a look. They don't bring them in just to feed them. They bring them in because they think they might be able to add to maybe a weakness that they have, and they might be able to mature, or they can coach them along and the guy might be able to make their team. You know, remember Malik Jackson? He wasn't a bad player right. at Tennessee. He left USC and wasn't getting his turns. He turned out to be a pretty good player now. He's one of the, I don't know what they're signing for at Tennessee or, or no, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I don't know what yeah. they, Huh? Jacksonville. He ended up going Yeah, there, Jacksonville, yeah. but he got a nice paycheck. And how about Griffin, the way he's playing now for Minnesota? They're both beasts. And, and, and you know, they didn't have great careers at, at USC. I mean, you know, Griffin was a great player. He came in as a five-star out of Arizona, but did he have a great career? Was he an All-American? But in the NFL, he's playing like an uh, an All-American, both of them. So if you have that opportunity to, to get in there and play and, uh, and you, you mature a lot, then there's a place for you. So for me to say they can't make it or for me to say what's going on, remember, they don't sign those guys for, uh, to feed them for nothing. Right. So they think they have something that they think they can add to the roster. Yeah. And well, maybe Madden will be a defensive player for Seattle. You don't know. Remember, he was a linebacker, too. There's the, the versatility aspect there. And we, we've seen uh, Pete Carroll do that before. Was it Alan Bradford? Didn't he uh, switch over to linebacker when he was in the right. NFL? Yeah, try to do right. that, too. He came in as a linebacker, remember? Yeah, he came in and then switched to running back. And, like, they didn't use him all that much. It was funny. He was funny because... 
we'd watch practice and he would rip off 80 yard touchdown runs every practice. And then he wouldn't get carries in the game. And we're like, what's going on? And then the end of his career, what was it? I think, I think USC ended up losing to like UCLA or something. And he didn't get a lot of carries, but then they ended up beating Notre Dame and they, he ran for like 300 yards or something. Like, I mean, it's some crazy thing, but, and you're like, why was he not getting <laughs> the ball more? Um, yeah. So, and then he ends well, up. What going about to Allen? Buck Allen? Buck Didn't Allen. he have the same type of story until Ed Orgeron came in and became the head coach? How many turns did he get? Yeah, he was not getting any. I remember with him. And speaking of some of Anuku, the the feeling that we were getting from Lane Kiffin's staff, and when you'd watch practice and how the rotations would work, is when the guys that were ahead, the 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 main running backs were hurt. They would let Soma Vanuku carry the ball at tailback before Buck Allen. Like it was, it was like they just had no trust in Buck Allen whatsoever. So it wasn't even like he's third or fourth or fifth. He was, well, instead of going to our next running back, we're going to move the fullback over and let him be the running back. That's where he, <laughs> where he was. So they, they obviously thought something of Soma Vanuku because Buck Allen's in the NFL. Um, so maybe that's another opportunity that Vanuku will have carry the, the football a few times. Well, we certainly want to wish all these kids the best of luck, and uh, make this, you know, a lot of them go to school for that. And some go to school, and they get their degrees, and they're great players, and they say, you know, I'm going to go on and become my doctor where I came here to become a doctor, medical doctor. But then they start to think about, hey, you know, how many years do I have to go to school, and how many years do I have to work as a doctor to make the kind of money I could make in the NFL? So sometimes they're major sort of changes if, depending where they're going to go and they're going to play in the NFL. So, you know, there's a lot of marketing in the NFL. Uh, there's a lot of things. The, the future in the NFL, if you saw how many mothers were at the NFL draft, that's passing on a message to everyone out there that let your son play football. We need to have more players out there. Don't uh, worry about the concussions. Look how great these kids are. There's a lot of things the NFL is a great corporation. I'm telling you, every minute there's a reason why they do everything. Yeah. How about Roger Goodell hugging each one of them? Now, I can't remember the first I can't remember what player came out and gave him a big hug, almost broke his neck. I saw his <laughs> head fly back like he had a car accident. I can't I can't remember which one that was. But, yeah, it's a new tradition now, and uh, it, it's worked well. I, the NFL knows what the heck they're doing. I mean, they Sure they do. They definitely do. All right. Well, Players moving on, coach, from the USC Trojan football team to the professional ranks in the NFL. Uh, a lot of other other leagues too. There's some guys that probably get opportunities, but it'll be interesting to see. We'll follow their progress, and you know, if you have any questions on any of those guys, you can always email us podcast at uscfootball.com. But great stuff, coach. It was good good to uh, recap the NFL drafts with you. Uh, now a little bit of lull for a while, but it was it was fun doing that, and uh, we hope to talk to you again real soon. Brian, every time we talk, we say, well, we'll have a short show today. There isn't much to talk about. Here we did 45 minutes. You and I, when we get together, we just keep talking. <laughs> we do, but that's okay. I mean, there was obviously, we wanted to go over the NFL draft, and there was a, hopefully people get a good feel for where, where everyone ended up. Uh, but thanks again for coming on the coach show. I mean, the show coach, the coach show. <laughs> the show coach, it was great. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Again, I want to uh, congratulate if you're a parent out there that we talked about your son as far as having an opportunity to play in the NFL. We congratulate you and your family for this happening, and it's a great uh, experience. And for all of our listeners out there, we want to thank you for checking in with us, and you have a great week.
All right. Thank you, Coach. And like the coach said, have a great week, everyone. We will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.